Sal Berry, and Tim Parrish. This is the Puck Junk Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. I'm Sal Berry and along with me is Tim Parrish. And today we are joined by a special guest, Billy Celio. He is the Senior Product Manager with Upper Deck. He works on sets such as Upper Deck Series 1, Upper Deck Series 2, the upcoming Upper Deck Extended Series, Ice, Parkhurst, The Cup, Metal Universe, and other hockey sets. Billy, thank you for joining us today. No problem. Great to be here, guys. So I just want to ask a quick uh, icebreaker question before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of the uh, the conversation. I want to know like, if you collected cards as a kid and what you collected. I uh, definitely grew up collecting trading cards. Uh, my dad, uh, it was kind of like a way for us to bond. Uh, my dad has one of those horror stories where his mom threw away his cards and he learned the value of them and, you know, got me kind of going. And, you know, we we learned, you know, to protect the cards, put them in binders and stuff like that. But I started in probably really started 1984. Uh, the Tigers had just won the World Series, so I was a big baseball card uh, collector then. I really didn't get into it probably until uh, 1987, and then really, really collected throughout the uh, amazing years of the early uh, early 90s. Uh, ended up going to college, took some time off, got out of college, realized it was a little bit different than when I uh, had left the game, and just kind of picked up from there. And I'm now more of a, a, a PC guy. I, I collect a lot of Detroit stuff, uh, Tigers, Lions, Red Wings. Um, and then uh, I, I do have a few favorite players here and there, but I don't necessarily rip wax as much as I used to as I buy singles. Hmm. And then I'll ask this as well. Um, so what does the senior product manager of Upper Deck do? A lot right now. Um, we're we're quite busy. So my job really uh, entails the the outline and the build of the products. So I'm the guy that kind of decides what everything is going, what's going into the product from a standpoint of inserts, uh, autographs, memorabilia, uh, what we're going to kind of use on the on the cards, whether what kind of paper, what kind of deco foil, you know, if they're die cuts, that sort of thing, and kind of put it all together and, you know, figure out how much we want to spend on autographs and memorabilia, and then put that into a costing. And once once we hit a, a specific margin on the uh, on the costing, then I'll have a meeting with basically all the heads of different departments. So I'll write a brief, and those things can range from 20 to 60 pages. Write a brief and kind of going over the outline of the set and kind of going over what I expect from each insert. So I will have a coordinator there. Now, I know a lot about hockey. I've, you know, collected for a very long time. I, I grew up near Hockey Town. So, you know, I, I kind of like to feel like I'm somewhat knowledgeable in the sport. But we've got some coordinators that can sit there and tell you who the you know, the, the third line defenseman is in a, and the Erie Otters and, and, you know, the CHL, you know, these guys know everything way more than I know. So we've got coordinators whose jobs are to build the checklist for us. And they, they're limited by, you know, who we might have under contract or who's in the players association 
or who we have autographs for or memorabilia for. So they're kind of, you know, juggling all that stuff. But we usually have a coordinator at these meetings. We'll have, you know, our head designer, you know, I, I can doodle and draw, but, you know, you're going to get stick figures out of me for the most part if, if you want uh, some sort of design. So our, our head design guys there and we kind of give them direction of what we're looking for. Uh, we have our pre-press team who kind of puts the calendar together of when this certain aspects of this product is due. We've got the legal department to make sure like all my insert names and everything are, you know, abide by the law. And like, we're not using the same insert name as maybe our competitors use, you know, that's a big no, no. We have our purchasing department there who pretty much decides, you know, or we, we kind of say, we don't, we want this kind of paper or this kind of, you know, technology and, and they go out and buy the manufactured patches and the, and the paper and stuff. And then we have our, like our photo department who will say, we're looking for action photos of them wearing their home jerseys and whatnot. So they have an idea of everything that we're looking for from the image standpoint. So we have this big meeting where we're all together and we go over it. And then I just kind of follow the process through. Uh, and, and a regular hockey product will take anywhere between nine months to 13 months to build. So, you know, uh, during that time, during those list of those products that you mentioned, you know, they're all in the system right now and we're all, you know, working on them at different parts of the schedule. Wow. That is uh, a lot of stuff I did not know. So nine to 13 months on a build out, you said, for yep. a product. So is that nine to 13 months from the time that it's decided that you guys are going to release the product or from the time that it's conceptualized and somebody has the bright idea, Hey, we should bring out X product. Uh, nine to nine to uh, 13 months from when I have that meeting, uh, that, that brief with everybody uh, about what we're going to do. So, so it's already been decided at that point, like we're going to do yeah. this. Yep. Let's let's get the ball rolling, figure out what we're going to do. We'll all come together and then here we go. Yeah, cuz I mean each 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 step of the process takes time. It takes time sure. to checklist. It takes time to create the designs, it takes time to choose, you know, the photography. Another thing that people don't realize, it takes time to get approvals. You know, the NHL has to approve like photos and and uh inserts and designs and stuff like that also and and sometimes that can take a couple weeks for them just to even get back to us and you know, each design has to go through them also. So there's a bunch of different uh, steps. And then the difference between nine and 13 months, usually like nine to 11 months, those are your like sticker product, sticker auto products, the, 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 the cards that don't necessarily have hard signed autographs on them, but sticker labels, because those are right. easy, easier to obtain. Whereas the cards that are printed, we have to wait for all the, all the, the process of getting the cards printed, then we have to mail them out to the athlete. Then we have to wait for them to come back. You're adding another six to eight weeks, you know, just on that process of getting the cards back from the, from the players. And that that's interesting. Cause one of the questions that, that I was actually going to ask you was about the cup. Cause I know you, you work on the cup or you mentioned that you work on the cup product and that's always, that's always one of those, you know, it's obviously the high, the high end one that everybody goes after because let's face it, the RPAs drive that product, right? So yep. you have these RPAs that are driving the product 
And I'm sure you have to make these decisions pretty early on, considering the amount of time that you're saying is goes into this product, because those aren't redemptions. Those are on-card autos. And, you know, what's the thought process that goes into, like, deciding who becomes, like, those top guys? Because, you know, every year in the checklist, a few of them are numbered out of 99, but then there's a whole mess of them that are, you know, higher numbered and higher serial numbered. So my example would be Carter Hart from like a couple years ago where Carter Hart didn't, I mean, he's probably one of the big guys out of that group. Most, you know, most successful players out of that grouping and he didn't end up in a 99. So, you know, I guess bigger picture and you probably kind of already answered the question considering it's, you know, that long of a time frame from, you know, Initi- initiating the process till hey these are these are rolling out and here's what the checklist looks like and all that kind of stuff so well to to add to you to add to the answer then i will say you know obviously the 99s are very important and i've i've been with upper deck for 7 years and i remember uh one of the first few years i worked there we were really close to having to put out like one of the top redemptions as or one of the top guys as a redemption because we didn't get the cards out in time because the cards hadn't come back yet. So, and we waited and waited and it was literally like a last minute thing. Like we were, we hand packed the cup. And so we had gotten that man and we were like spiking all the cards in because they were like the last cards to arrive. So, you know, we kind of make that decision even earlier that I mean, we make it early. Um, and as you said, sometimes you get those guys like Carter Hart and that's a great example. That's the example I would have used. Um, or Gunsol or Murray, you know, back in the day, they were they were pretty close there too. But uh, we want to give the top guys as much time as possible to sign those, you know, rookie auto patch cards because we know that those are the biggest cards in the set. And we have done a a really good job the last few years of really trying to cut back the number of redemptions that we put into a product. Um, and especially important redemptions. And so uh, those, are, those are, as you said, the, the biggest cards of the year. So we want to make sure that we give ourselves the best opportunity to get those cards live in the product. Has dealing with the, I mean, you know, obviously the cup is a year behind most of the time when it comes out based off of everything else on the releases. So we're dealing with 19 rookies instead of 20 rookies. So no Alexis Lafreniere in in this version of the cup not until next year but how has having that time frame of dealing with covid and everything else has that sped up the process of getting autographs back or delayed it even more or is it the same can you can you tell or well what's your here's the thing that covid has done so covid has not only affected upper deck but it's affected our vendors and when i say that you know, a lot of our vendors have been limited on how many employees they can have in in their facilities. Sure. And even there's one of our vendors is in Texas, and they were shut. They were just recently shut down for you know a week and a half or a week or so because of the the snow. So what's been happening is the vendors and the card market's just absolutely booming right now. The vendors not only print upper deck cards, they print competitors cards and. There's only there's only so much time on the presses, uh, you know, allowed. So, you know, when we get a set date for for certain products, you know, we can't 
we can't venture too far away. There was a lot of talk about, you know, well, why don't you just delay Upper Deck Series 1? Why don't you delay Upper Deck Series 2? And the problem is, if we did that, it might not be printed for a few months because there's just no time with the vendors to be able to handle the volume of Upper Deck Series 1 or Upper Deck Series 2 uh, through their facilities. So, um, you know, we're building stuff like it's coming out on a regular schedule. But the problem has been being able to get everything in the time to release it when we want to release it. So, yeah, the schedules are being made early because we're trying to make sure if everything is perfect that it comes out when it's supposed to come out. But you get teams that are in bubble. Like when we got the initial bubbles, we weren't allowed in there. Like we couldn't go and get autographs from people. So, you know, it was it was delaying the process of us getting autographs from a number of players that were sitting in the bubble. Or, you know, the season is usually a little bit longer. People are in the, uh, you know, locally. You're getting guys flying back to Russia, flying back to Sweden or whatever. And right. a lot earlier than we're used to. So it's it's definitely affected us. It's not affected how and like when we start building the product. It's affecting the end game. It's affecting when the products should be coming out. And it's unfortunate. I know you know people are waiting for it. The only good thing is the season's so late that the products are coming out kind of in during the time of this where normally like the season started so late the cup came out usually around the same time as when the cup comes out during the regular season because the season yeah. started you know two or we, three months. Later. We talked about that before on the show when Artifacts came out and it was like, well, Artifacts usually comes out at the beginning of the season. Well, actually, it is the beginning of the season. So, you know, we're dealing with, oh, it's like, it's only four months late, but that's the beginning of the season. So here we go. But uh, you mentioned all that kind of stuff because, you know, you think about that. These guys are sitting in these bubbles. What are they doing? They have nothing else to do. They can't go anywhere. They're captive audiences. Why can't we just send them all these autographs? See, yeah. here in your downtime, just sign all this stuff. But I imagine the mail and everything, considering how Canada Post is right now, I, I imagine that would not be a fun. A I mean, fun. there was even talk of sending, like asking, I believe, like to send one guy. And yeah, he'd have to wait to, like, he basically would be in that bubble for a couple of weeks or whatnot, but just trying to get as much stuff as he could. But right. unfortunately, right. like, the league was very, very tight when it came to who they let in and, and what they let in. Sure. So I want to ask, uh, just to follow up on something you said a, a, a little bit ago, you said that you couldn't really delay the uh, release of Upper Deck Series 1. And I was actually curious about that because it seemed that like normally Upper Deck Series 1, uh, it comes out around the time of the Fall Expo in Toronto. It comes out in November uh, right in time for the expo, the fall expo. And I was surprised that that didn't happen. So was it that it just had to be printed? Because if it wasn't printed when it was scheduled to be printed, then there was no saying when it would be printed. I guess I just want a little clarification on that. Because I was actually really surprised that the set came out when it came out. I don't get to make all those decisions. But what I can say is the NHLPA and the NHL worked with us we wanted to have as much of a normal schedule as we could. We, we, we tried as hard as we could for all the products to come out when, when they could come out. And as I said, once you started getting autographs involved, it became a little bit tougher. And once you started getting, you know, we didn't even have a rookie photo shoot this year. So, you know, getting some RPS jerseys was a little more difficult and whatnot. So, you know, we felt we had enough 
to go with, especially getting to use the the bubble rookies. Um, that was was one of the uh, things that we got. And Alexi, uh, we felt we had enough. And as I said, we just we wanted to keep everything on track. We wanted to keep it as normal as possible for everybody. Again, it's just like we got to have time to do the other jobs also. Like we have a schedule. It, every, products come out specifically during specific times of the year because we can handle a certain amount of workloads throughout the year. If we like held off all the products until the season started, we would be clumping together so many products that our pre-press department, you know, wouldn't be able to handle it. You know, they sure. first they'd be sitting around doing nothing for a while, and then all of a sudden they would just be in the weeds. So, you know, that that was another part of the process of having it come out in November was just it's a matter of being able to get all the other work done down the road. That makes sense. So then I want to ask about the Upper Deck Extended Series. I know I keep calling it Series 3, and Tim keeps correcting me. I don't know yeah, if you It's had not a update. It's not Series 3. It's Extended. I'm using all the terms. High number series, right? Thinking back to that box set from 9091. So a couple of years ago, I opined on uh, Puck Junk. I said there should really be an Upper Deck Series 3. I mean, there's over 700 players in the NHL, and yet Upper Deck Series 1, Upper Deck Series 2, 400 veteran players, 100 young guns. I mean, okay, minus the checklists, right? So I'm saying there's enough players in the league to do 600 veterans and 150 rookies. And so I was always, uh, and that, that was something I ran by Chris, and he just, and he explained to me why that wasn't a thing or why that wasn't going to be a thing at the time. But now I'm curious, why is it a thing? Why are we getting an extended series? And and what how, how did that come down uh, the line, like the decision for that? Well, first, I would like to thank Tim for calling it extended series. You're welcome. I've heard UD3, and I, I cringe a little bit because this is not UD3. They're, they're missing the focus of this set if they call it UD3. However, uh, UD3 is in this set. Hey, plus UD3 is in the set. So Yes, exactly. You know, beat me to it there. So UD3 happened for a number of reasons. First of all, we didn't know what was going to happen. Upper Deck Extended Series was built, you know, a while ago. As we said, you know, uh, probably about 11, 12 months ago. You know, we, we decided just in case something crazy is going on, we'll have an opportunity to put some rookies into uh, a later set because we didn't know when the seasons were going to start. We, we, we knew what we got for UD1. We had no idea what we were going to get for Upper Deck Series 2, to be completely honest with you, when we started building this. So it was kind of like, you know, a lifeline down the road in case we didn't have anything out there for UD2 because we weren't going to hold UD2, just like I had mentioned, we weren't going to hold UD1. Another thing, and, and Chris is right, and I, I don't mean to correct you, but like this year, we didn't have 150 rookies. We barely scratched out 130 rookies for the set that was determined by the NHLPA and the league for a cutoff date for rookie cards. So that was, I believe, like February 12th. Yeah, so, so you guys still have to follow the February 12th cutoff date? Like there was 100%. no exception granted like there was for the bubble players? Yep. 100%. Wow. Okay. That's strange considering that the season started in January. So that's not a lot of time. Yeah. Not to hijack the conversation and steer it elsewhere, but what happens to those guys that have been called up since then or get called up throughout the rest of the year? Is this going to be, are they going to be holdover? Is SPA going to throw these guys in or what's the, 
or can you even tell us? Well, I can tell you that Upper Deck uh, Extended Series will have the final Young Guns. On what's going on, I don't build SP. I don't necessarily know what my uh, counterpart Tony is doing, but I know that they said that Upper Deck Extended Series is the final group of Young Guns. And then the question about the guys that are coming up, there's rumor that Byfield is going to be coming up in a week or two. That's and, exactly who I was thinking of in my head. And we're going to have a very strong holdover class. You know, that's that's the the best way I can put it. And guess what? Upper Deck Series 1 is probably going to come out November, the first or second week in November. So they're not going to have to wait as long as they normally would have to wait. Yeah, the, you know, there's already been a few good holdovers or guys that are going to be holdovers next year. And it's unfortunate because they would make this year's products even stronger. But we have to abide by what the league says and the players associate. So about how many cards are we looking at then? Because uh, you said about a, a total of 130 rookies. So maybe 30 young guns in extended and then how many base cards? Yeah, I can I can help you out there too. A lot of people are thinking, oh my goodness, the base set's just going to be 200 guys that are like the third liners on every team. I um, wouldn't mind that. I'd be all for that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. Well, you're talking to guys who do a hockey card podcast. So what do you, what would you expect hey, from me? Yeah. Hey, it took me years to finally get my applicator cards in sets. You know, sometimes UD1 was the only place I could, or UD1 and 2 were the only place I could, I could find his cards. But... There's going to be about 160, I got to do math, 156 uh, base cards of those guys we're talking about who didn't get cards in UD1 and UD2. And then we're going to uh, make uh, all-star cards. So you'll still have your McDavid's and your Austin Matthews and, and guys like that uh, in the like a chance to get those cards. So that's one thing that we've done. And yes, we, we there's 30 young guns in the set. I believe that's been announced, so there's no there's no secret about that. But what's really cool is you're like, oh well, these are just the leftover young guns. Well, this set is not built for. I mean, it is if you want those those set collectors, which we love. Yes, you have an additional 200 base cards. Yes, you have 30 more young guns. But man, look at the insert sets. It's it's yeah. loaded. It's stacked. Just to start off with the 0506 design, it's 75 of the of veterans and it's 25 young guns. So you're going to have your top young guns with the 0506 design. There's going to be high gloss and exclusive parallels of of the 0506 design of all those cards too. So there's some monster hits also. And he's mentioned there's stuff like UD3, SPX Finite, Holographics. And all of these inserts are going to have, there's veteran content to some of them, and there's rookie content to almost all of them. People have been asking for like a UD3, like you were talking about, where it's even more players and more young guns. But the other thing and the other reason why we built this set and that I hadn't gotten to is people have been looking for that rookie product. You know, I think our competitors have done stuff like Chronicles or, or Anthology or something like that. But what Let's we wanted to do... About anthology. Uh, bring back a whole bunch of old designs because you constantly hear people talking about how they like vintage designs and, oh, I wish they would do this. Well, we don't go as far back as like the 60s and 70s with our hockey designs. Obviously, we started our hockey designs in 1990, but there, there were some cool sets, especially in the 90s. There's some, there's some uh, cool sets in the early 2000s. So we went back and we have basketball, baseball, 
Um, I think there might even be like a football uh, card in there also, but we, we brought back kind of different designs or we brought back designs. Or some of the designs are based off of old designs. So there's so much rookie content and UD2, you get like, you get the dazzlers and you get the fluorescence and you get the Opeachy stuff, but this is loaded. This is absolutely loaded with rookie content. And some of them are going to be tough to find and some of them are going to be fairly easy. So now you're getting those affordable rookie cards. You know, a lot of times when UD one comes out, what's the most affordable, like UD one's out, there's no affordable Alexi Lafreniere cards out there. The young guns came out and they were very expensive. And as it progresses, you know, cards go higher and higher and higher depending on the set. So it's also a good chance to find some affordable cards, some of these top rookies. And then there'll be, there's some monsters in here and there's a lot of Easter eggs that are not listed on the, you know, this, this sales sheet. There's some big hits that I could talk about, but then I would spoil it and I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> Just as long as there's no more gritty cards. I'll be fine with that. <laughs> wait, but, wait, no more gritty cards, and yet yeah. you were pretty darn happy when I gave you some gritty cards. Yeah, because the kids like them. Well, um, but I, I, gave one, I gave you one, too. Yeah, it's there somewhere. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. So let, let me ask you something. I saw, I saw a mock-up photo of the uh, 0506 tribute of uh, Kirill Kaprizov with the... Uh, yeah. Reverse retro jersey. Tell me that's what. Tell me that's the photo that's gonna be on that. Hope so. I hope so. I, I can't. I don't know for sure. We ask them for some mock-ups. Hopefully they use that. I will actually, uh, if they haven't already, I'll write a little note, uh, email to our photo guy, and just talk about what a how much buzz that card's already gotten, and hopefully we can keep that card in there. Uh, we don't stray too far away from what we solicit, but sometimes the cards do end up different. Yeah. Right, because of approvals from the league or whatnot. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, on, and on that note, the, the Holograph X one of Dylan Cousins that's floating around out there, they have Sabres spelled wrong. So if you can have them fix that. They, they put S-A-B-E-R-S on the card, on the sell sheet, or the mock-up, or the mock-up yeah, sheet. Yeah, didn't spell check <laughs> catch that? It's too late now. I, oh, boy. Yep, I saw it. I saw the sheet beforehand. It, that went through a number of people. And you know what? I, I, I'm not going to pass the buck because I definitely saw that before it went out. And I somehow missed it. You want to know what I, I was more worried about on that card was when we were going to solicit it, the background of the card was orange. Like it had the orange tint. And I'm like, can you have them change it to blue or gold? Because it's supposed to be a primary team color. So sure. they, I was so focused on the color behind the player that, I missed it. It was funny because I, when I first saw those, I sent the link to Sal. I'm like, hey, have you seen these mock-ups yet? And I, then I, as I started looking at the picture, I'm like, Sabres? That's – wait a minute. And then later on, I saw the Kaprizov one, and I'm like, all right, that makes up for it. That was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool-looking photo. So, so you know, one thing I want to uh, circle back to because we talked about approvals and we also talked about inserts, the – Upper Deck Series 1 Portraits insert set was very well received this year. I know very few people, maybe just Tim, maybe just one person. I know one person who doesn't like the portrait set. I loved it. And you know what? Last year, even or maybe it was, no, it wasn't last year. It was a couple of years ago when they did like the two photos 
on the front of the portrait. What's that was that? last year. Was, was that last, last year? Yeah. Okay. The, the I, Olin Mills horrible picture from everybody's childhood? Yeah. I thought those were cool. I did not collect them because I don't go after the portraits every year because, you know, it's it's there are certain insert sets that sometimes they go, that's the insert set I want to build this year. And other times I'm just like, eh, I could take it or leave it, you know. This year I saw those uh, portraits and I'm just like, yes, 100% yes. I'm all in on this. I'm going to get all 50 of them. I'll get the ones that come out in Series 2. Give me more. So what what happened there? I mean, what was um, how did that idea come come to be? And um, going with like that retro '90s look, and uh, just I just want to hear what you have to say about it because it's so awesome. So I've built I've I've built UD one now since uh, about fifteen sixteen. Uh, no pressure. McDavid's rookie year is like the first year I started building stuff. I had help my first year. That fifteen sixteen year, I'll tell people I built the stuff, but. My boss, Grant Sandground, actually had a lot to do uh, with helping me build a lot of those sets. Uh, I learned a whole lot from him. But uh, with the portraits, I kind of felt they were just getting boring. Like, it was just like a close-up picture. It was, sometimes they were black and white, and it was just like a blue border. And it just kind of got repetitive. And so I was just like, let's have some fun with it. Like, those aren't the portraits I remember when I was a kid growing up and I'm, I'm a, you know, I was, I was born in 75. So like I had those horrible school pictures from the early eighties and then all the way through the nineties. And so I was just like, there's that, the stepbrother, that the photo where the two of them are just kind of like one over the other, you know, Mm -hmm. that was kind of an inspiration. And then there was actually a comic con, uh, San Diego comic con thing that they did photos where, they had all the celebrities and they did those kind of photos where it was like the, you know, the head up here and the the serious or the smiling here. And then the looking off into the sky, I'm like, man, that would be something different. And that's the whole thing. It's something different. Um, and the last two years, whether they like it or love it. And trust me, Tim, you're not the only one that doesn't like them. Trust me. I, I hear it. I, I watch the boards and um, but uh, yeah, they can't it, all be winners to me. People you know? are talking about them. <laughs> They're talking about the portrait cards again. And they hadn't talked about portrait cards since I started working there. So I was just like, all right. So then the next one, I'm like, well, let's have some more fun with it. And when you look up Google search, you know, vintage portraits or vintage school pictures, that's literally what I did. And all of a sudden you get that saved by the bell lasers and stuff like that all over the place. I'm like, perfect and i'll get kind of questionable looks from my bosses and all the way up to the president will kind of look at me like really i'm like yep but as i said people talk about them it was one of those inserts that it's a great insert because it's a great way to to get more like in star inserts into the packs it's a great way for series two to get more rookies into the packs so i didn't necessarily want to get rid of portraits because everyone's just like get rid of portraits people just throw them away I'm like, well, let me see if I can build a set that people will try to collect them. Like you said, you, you, you're, you're collecting this year's portraits. Next year's port, I almost was like, okay, I'm done now. And then I thought of another idea and it's completely a, a 180 of, of what we did. It's not necessarily a school picture, but it's, it's a completely 180 of what we did from the, the previous uh, two sets. So I'm, I'm trying to make it different. Uh, And when I run out of those ideas to make it different and when it's going to just look like a normal photo with a frame on it, I'll get rid of it. But 
for now, I'm, it's it's my insert that I like to have fun. It's one of those inserts where I'll sit there and uh, I'll have to explain to the designer, no, I really want it to look that bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're just like, really? I go, yes. I go, I want those crazy colors and all the stuff. And they nailed it two years in a row for me. Can I make a suggestion and we go with the uh, the old-timey antique-looking photo that's all sepia that you get done at the amusement park where you're holding the rifle and you're wearing the big 1800s suit? That would be interesting. I'd buy into that. I don't think the Players Association would, though, but uh, no. I the, mean... The, that's what I'm asking about. The, where were those photos taken? I mean, was this like a sit-down photo shoot for these guys or were these like already done yeah. and you had to a lot choose of, from a lot of them are the photo are from photo the photo shoot because honestly no. like some of the players facial expressions on some of those are hilarious like most of their most of their hair looks like they just got out of bed uh, <laughs> some of them are like they look totally disinterested and like it's the last place they want to be and i'm like were they in on the joke and they knew that what the design was going to look like i mean was it part of it for the rookies yes for the rookies okay. We gave uh, photo direction when 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 they have the rookie photo shoot. Our head photographer uh, John, he'll say, "What are you guys looking for?" And that first year when we did like the the Step Brothers one, we're like, "I'm going to be doing an insert. It's going to look like this." To the point where he actually got the Hughes brothers to pose exactly like the Step Brothers, yeah, uh, Bill Farrell and uh, and John C. Riley. So there's a there's a card. I think it was we used it as a promo card where the two of them are standing next to each other, looking like the Step Brothers poster. You know, sometimes and then the other like the active players. You know, sometimes it's it's our photo team just doing a great job finding the photos for us. We'll give they know the direction, so they can give directions to guys shooting games. Like, hey, this is what the insert's going to look like. So I was going to say because I I recently pulled the Brock Nelson one out of a pack and I was looking at him going. He looks angry like he's even in this picture. <laughs> like he just doesn't want to be there. <laughs> so another thing I want to I want to bring up because I got really excited uh, back at the expo back in November when it was the uh, the virtual expo and Upper Deck had its presentation. Uh, and I remember when they announced Skybox Metal Universe cards, and that is like the one set that I'm really looking forward to this year. Like. Cup is out of my price range, and I love Upper Deck Series 1, Series 2, and I'll always buy those. And, you know, some sets I'll buy, some sets I don't buy for one reason or another. But, like, Metal Universe, I am just, I'm, like, counting the days. Unfortunately, we still don't have a release date, or I haven't heard a release date, so that's going to be my first question. Like, when is it coming out? And and then my other question is, when did the idea come to uh, to revisit Metal Universe the beginning of COVID started and you just, you started a lot more hobby talk was going on. You know, people were at home, they were buying cards, they were talking cards. And a lot of the, a lot of the topics were the old metal universe and seeing what old Michael Jordans were going for. And just, you know, some of the other high end cards from the set. And we've thought about doing it for a while, but we just thought it was the right time to bring it back. And man, it was, it was so much fun. I think we're looking for uh, somewhere in April release date. I don't give specific dates, but mm -hmm. our goal right now is, I believe, around an April release. It was so much fun to just revisit a number of old designs, um, inserts. We created, and I, I worked with 
a designer who I think this is her first hockey product. She was doing entertainment stuff. She started doing some uh, some of our our metal universe, and I thought the, the design. I mean, the solicitations are out there, so you've seen the designs, and I thought she did a great job with the base card. You know, we're bringing back the look of the retro cards. We've got the platinum portraits. We've got the jambalayas. Uh, we've got the Intimidation Nation. The Intimidation Nations are going to look sweet because it's all goalies. So it's all close-up pictures mm -hmm. of the goalies with the eyes, you know, of the goalies through their masks. So that one uh, I'm pretty excited about. And then we added some other some other inserts in there also, some uh, acetate inserts. And the design, like net deposits was one. The designs just look like the old school Metal Universe designs where it was just like, we were having problems with one of the designs. And she's like, well, I have this design I'm thinking about, but it's really far out there. I'm like, no, that's what we're looking for. So, you know, we brought that. You've got the, the premium prospects. You've got the, the you know, the PMGs are going to be the, the, the big hit. And you've got PMGs of the regular base set and rookies. And you've got PMGs of the, you know, vintage cards. So there's so much hype on it right now. I, I recommend anybody if they can... Uh, pre-order that or if it's too late i'm sorry but that that has got a lot of buzz behind it right now i i'm excited for everyone to look to see it because they've been waiting for it for a long time so a couple of things uh, are there going to be any autographs in the product yeah there's there's actually an autograph per box okay so each box will have an autograph in it talk about the design for a minute because one year when they did metal universe it was like yeah, they were metal cards, but then like the next year they had like exploding planets and giant man-eating plants and 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 cyborg attachments on Steve Eiserman and Dave Manson in the middle of a nucleus and my favorite Curtis Joseph in a field of flying eyeballs. And to me, that's metal universe. That was like the most ridiculous hockey set that came out. I mean, as far as NHL sets, I'm not gonna get into like the Muppet sets or all those other weird 90s sets that involved hockey are we going to see flying eyeballs or giant nucleuses or exploding planets or no you've seen the 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 base set it has the metal and the space in the background yeah. yes so what, we, what we did was we we have a 97 98 tribute set and it, it's a it's a large set too it's there's quite a number of cards in that set it's either 50 or 100 cards you know including rookies that's where you're going to get your your eyeballs and your weird space stuff. And we've gone through and found clip art and work for those cards, just like they did back in 97, 98. Well, put uh, me down for a case then. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we've done Metal Universe cards in products like Fleer Showcase, I believe. Right. And we really wanted to go back to to the bread and butter of the product and and put all those inserts that people want and create our own, like, just crazy out there inserts i have on my computer like i'll just throughout the year since i built the last one i'll just think of like some crazy stuff and i have like a, a word document that has a list of about 12 different inserts from watching letter candy on tv you know or watching uh you know other stuff that's just like oh that'd be like a cool kind of insert card and we're looking to uh to maintain that that crazy feel to the set were you with Upper Deck when they did the Fleer Retro or the Fleer Showcase? Right, right before oh, me. Right before that you? Right okay. before. That was 12-13 was the Fleer Retro. And that yeah, had they, the, uh, the retro the had the design. Inserts. Yeah, the retro had the design. And then the following year with Fleer Showcase kind of continued it up with some yeah. of the showcase designs and some of the other ones. I'm a sucker for retro sets like that. 
especially retro design ones. One th- other thing I wanted to ask, now going back to the beginning of the season, so MVP. So MVP came out beginning, well, before the hockey season. It would have come out when the hockey season was going to happen. You know, one little thing that was kind of funny was that Patrick Marlowe was pictured as a member of the San Jose Sharks. But when MVP came out, it was actually still during the playoffs in the bubble. And he was with the Penguins. And I know that they didn't necessarily, it it just seemed kind of weird that like that card came out and he's pictured with the Sharks. And then like maybe a month later, Opeachy came out. And then he's pictured with the Penguins. And then it's the offseason, and he re-signed with the Sharks. So I, I know it was telling the future. It was telling the future. It was just like, yeah, we know he's with the Penguins, but eh, we're just not going to. Yeah. We know he's going back to the Sharks, so we might as well just put it on there. Does that have to do with the fact that the, the set was designed so far in advance and they just couldn't get another picture by the time it went to production? Because he was well, traded back in, like, Feb- the trade deadline was, like, February of 2020. Honestly, I don't, I don't know that answer very, like that's, that's more my coordinator. That's more of my, my photo guy. I can't answer that question. I don't have the information necessary to answer that question. No worries. I'm not trying to like, you know, aha, gotcha. Didn't know about the Marlowe card and MVP. This, this podcast is over. Um, no. <laughs> no, but actually another thing I wanted to ask though, is like, so the decision was made this year in the last couple of years to issue MVP as a box set. So multi-part question, why make it a box set? Why change the border colors? And why put it in a ridiculously large box that looks like it's like a 700 card set if it's only like a 250 card set? So, okay, that was three questions in one. But... Answer the first question. Um, we we sat there and tried to figure out, there's been the need for some sort of box set for hockey, just like parents want to buy something around Christmas time, some sort of like box set and... To do something like UD1, how are you going to, like, do you change the price? Because, you know, maybe, like, this year, Lexi Lafreniere, Young Gun, like, do you raise the price of, of a, a, a box set because you know that rookie card's in there as opposed to the previous year where it's Jack Hughes and, and whatnot, and you're not going to get everybody, then you're going to make a Series 2 box set and so on and so on. So w- there was a lot of thought of trying to figure out what product would work and what product would work in timing mm-hmm. and that's you know mvp does have a lot of the stars in it and it does have some rookies in there unfortunately we can't necessarily put new rookies in there but that seemed to work the best with people wanting to buy a box set for their kids for christmas like mvp is one of the sets that i work hardest on and i think is really important and people will be like, really important. Like, that's the cheapest set you have. And, you know, there's not a lot of content in it and not a lot of value. Well, that's exactly what it is. It's that set start collecting. It's for it's kids. Like, how many times have we been hearing in the past few months that, you know, people are getting priced out of collecting? And MVP is one of those sets that, you know, hasn't been priced out of collecting. It's still quite affordable for kids, for parents and all that. It's important to build that. And it's also important to, you know, give them some stuff, like teach them value. So yeah, there are some cards in there. You know, there's parallels numbered out of five that go for good money. There's, you know, number one draft pick cards that go for a a decent amount of money. And, you know, so we do build value in the set. The colors and contours set is another one that, um, that was actually Grant's idea a number of years ago was to just create these 
really bright die cut cards. And, you know, those have, those have done quite well in MVP also. So it's very important to have those lower end products. I'm still build them right. And from a uh, complete set standpoint, you know, that's kind of why, why we did it. As for the full boxes, the only thing I can think of, we're building a number of, of boxes each year that pertain to like different series. Like I think we built a Opeachy box. I think we built a UD one box or, or upper deck series one and two box for collectors to put their sets together. Mm-hmm. And you know, it might just be a matter of them being able to order everything at once. Or it's, as I said, this is a beginner set. So now you're, you're given a box that you can add more cards to. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. It's not the same size as those little boxes that you got for the update and, you were talking the high series back in the day. I think I still have one or two of the uh, of the high series from yeah. Upper Hockey. But, you know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with who our market is and how we can, you know, make them even happier. And if you get a box that you can put even more cards into, you know, not all not all young kids are necessarily putting their buying a pack of MVP cards and then mailing it out to PSA to get graded, <laughs> you know. Some of those cards are going into bicycle spokes and some of them are getting thrown around, but at least at the end of the day, they can put them in a box and and their parents are happy because the house is clean. Well, next time that person that tells you that there's no content in MVP, you send, send them my direction and I'll set them straight because that's a bunch of garbage because there's plenty of content in MVP. That's not a product that you're chasing game used cards and autographs and stuff like that, but there's plenty of content for a collector. I loved MVP this year. Because it's a set that's fairly substantial. If you want short prints, it has short prints. If you want all the stars, it has all the stars. If you want rookies, it has rookies. If you want inserts, it has inserts. So I take offense to that. Even though you created it, I take offense to that. It's one of the most important sets. I mean, I build the cup, I build UD1, and I think it's right up there as one of the most important sets I build just because that's the set that's going to build new collectors, first-timers, and... You know, those are the those are the boxes that the parents are gonna say, Oh, I can spend 50, 60 bucks on a box of cards to give to my kid. And he starts all of a sudden getting interested in, hey, let's see what UD one is and let's see what other sets are. So did you come up with the puzzle piece idea? Yes, one hundred percent. All right, good. Even that's, if you did just say yes. That's that's cool. Well, that is from that is from collecting Return of the Jedi. Yes! Our, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sal, sorry. Sal called yeah. it. I knew it. And they had the uh, they had the puzzle backs that were the the movie and everything. A lot of stuff that I come up with is from stuff that I collected as a kid or growing up, and then some other ideas and thought process that come with cards that I build. I collect autographs. Like as I said, I, I I'm a PC guy, but I moved to California, and you know there's celebrities all over the place, and that's just my my other hobby is I collect cards and I collect autographs. And so I learn a lot of things collecting autographs. Like, um, I don't know if you were able to see the, the signature sensations this year in, in the cup, but we used a, a blue deco paint pen this year and it really pops as opposed to previous years where you're struggling trying to figure out which color pen should be used because the guy's wearing, you know, a blue jersey with a white ice background. So to use a silver pen, you can see it over the blue and hope that he signs in the right spot or to use a, a blue pen and hope that he signs in the white and not over his jersey. So nothing's getting in the way of those blue paint pens, I'll tell you that much. And that's from seeing friends of mine collect, you know, those Funko Pops with the paint pens. 
and it, they, they really pop off of that. So I, I get some ideas, the frameworks cards and SP game used, you know, that's another thing. I, I see people collect signed jerseys and they put them up on the wall. And so I was just like, wouldn't it be cool if we made jersey cards? You know, I think that the framework cards in, in SP game used are the sexiest uh, two inch by two or one and a half inch by one and a half inch, one and a half inch. Uh, no, I think it's two inch by two inch one color jersey swatch card you're ever going to see because it, it looks and my my corner does a great job of picking uh like some cool retro jerseys to use also that's in our inventory i was trying to get the lindstrom all-star jersey this last year for sure but I, I get my ideas from many different things so the puzzle back came from i'm not kidding return of the jedi cards back in the day and other stuff just comes from other ideas of, of collecting and what i collect yeah i remember like just trying to get all of the pieces to complete the puzzle picture of wicket the ewok had the red borders Yep. And they were like two by five. And then the 11th one was like, a, this is what your completed picture will look like. And the MVP, what makes those really cool is that they fit in a nine pocket page and make up the picture. You know what I mean? Like, And that was done on purpose. And that was the hardest thing to explain to pre-press to how to build the card backs and how like, okay, this card number has to be this because it has to look this way. And for year after year, I had to like go over it again just so they would understand it. And yeah, it's uh, I, I was reversing in the reverse order yep. so that it you can flip it the other direction. Yep. Yeah. It, that was purposely made for a, a nine, one of those nine card sleeves. Get it. the fact that they they fit together on a page and they look nice. And then, like Tim said, they're the the. Or, you know, the order is flipped, so you put them in this way, but then when you flip them around, and then, yeah, it makes the picture, yeah. And not that you're like a suggestion box or anything, but may I just suggest ditching the checklist cards? Because that just throws the whole mix off. If you're trying to put them in order, it just throws it all off. I try to make it the last card. Yeah, but then when you keep going from the rest of them, it's yeah. always, there's the one in the middle, and then there's the one at the end. Maybe put them both at the end. And then they could just be the last two on their own page and just we won't worry about. Oh, that's just me. I, well, I stick yeah. like the one behind the last one in that and I flip it over to the backside so it doesn't cover the puzzle. But that's just me. Anyway. Yeah. And just... sometimes I'll, I'll, I, I've never collected, I don't think I've ever completed a complete MVP puzzle. And in fact, I think I, half the time I just give up and end up giving them to Tim. I'm getting there. I, yeah, but I mean, like, sometimes, like, I'll break the rules and just say, yeah, I'll put them in whatever order I want and not, like, follow the numbers like, we, like we're like we trained to do as, as collectors. You know what's funny is, uh, so, you know, we pay attention to our competitors and whatnot. And, you know, you see cards like Kaboom and stuff like that coming out and people are getting all excited and thinking, like, this is the newest thing ever. I'm like, okay, let's remind people about Fanimation because, you yeah, know. Yeah, no kidding. We did this quite a long time ago, and so that's one of the reasons I brought back Fanimation is just to kind of, here's a reminder, guys, just remember, and then all of a sudden people are like, oh, yeah, that kind of looks like, I'm like, yeah, this was this has been done before, um, so. No, the worst one, not the worst one, well, yeah, maybe the worst one, are those, the football ones, the downtown inserts? Yeah. I'm sure you've seen those. I was like, that is, that's like, fan, that is Fanimation. It's basically the same the same idea and I, I saw that i was like okay they're they're not they're not bad cards but i just 
the fact that people are like, oh, this is brand, like, wow, innovation. Yeah, right. It's a new concept. No, it's not. There's not a lot of. There's not a lot of new concepts out there. I hate to say it. You know, we, we try to we try to come up with ideas in the cup. We made those printing plate booklets. That's one of the things I was kind of proud of is is coming up with something new like that. Um, as I mentioned, Grant came up with the idea a few years ago of, you know, you see people putting little pieces of gold in the cards and people putting diamonds in the cards. He's like, why don't we just make a whole card out of silver? Like, forget this little piece of let's find someone to make us a card made out of silver. And, you know, you've got those fine silver cards now in the cup. So we're, we're constantly doing our best to, to, to be innovative, but, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and say that, you know, everything that we put out there is, is brand spanking new ideas because, you know, they've been making three and a half by two and a half cards for quite a long time. It's tough to come up with new ideas. Well, and you mentioned like having rookie content and products and, you mentioned a couple other brands and you you brought up anthology which i don't know if you heard me say we won't mention anthology <laughs> i know you don't want to talk about about competitors products but we affectionately uh call that panini cash grab <laughs> so you know i i've heard uh i've already seen like some because the solicitation came out for extended series and people are like oh this is just a money grab and it's just like no no, I go, this is, this is a little bit different. This is answering a lot of questions and a lot of requests that people have been asking for. You know, they've been asking for that bigger set. They've been asking for, you know, more rookie content. And we're, we're definitely giving it to them. This set is more about rookie content and just those retro designs. Because that's the other thing. It, it's a combination of all three. Retro designs that people ask for, more rookie content that people ask for, and an extension, and even a bigger checklist for upper deck series one and two and and that's that's what it provides this isn't like all the cards that weren't made in other products so it's like a bunch of the late rookies and then you throw in some nathan mckinnon rookie cards somewhere here and there you know this is this is a lot different than that well and we've talked about it for years about whether or not it should be or could be feasible to do a th- some type of third series of upper deck. I mean, it's come up in our our groups of collectors, you know, the people that follow Puck Junk, going to shows and talking to other collectors out there and just interacting with people. And I know, you know, you're you're you know, highly visible on the forums and and social media and such and and you follow kind of the pulse of what's going on. I'm sure you've heard it talked about many oh, yeah. many times, you know, why isn't there a series three or why isn't there, you know, tops does a series three with baseball. Why can't we do a series three with hockey? You know? And it's like, this is, this is something that we've said should exist for many years and predicted that it may exist someday. And here it is. Yep. And again, we didn't build a series three. We built, we built a product that people have been asking for. Yes. Because like, like, when your questions were answered, I, well, I, I think I looked back at the articles in 17, eight, like 2017. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it, it's just not, it's not feasible with the game jerseys and, and signature sensations and more rounds of portraits and, and that sort of stuff. It's, you know, we, we wanted to build something different, but we wanted uh, an opportunity to get more, more content for series one and series two. But you'll see there's, there's no canvas, there's no canvas cards in, uh, in extended series there's no portrait cards in extended series you know um we basically just took the base cards and it's plethora of parallels and the young guns and it's plethora of parallels i believe we i think dazzlers are in there 
Um, but other than that, most of the content is is brand new. Or by brand new, I meant you know throwback designs. Mm-hmm. Dazzlers were meant to replace shining stars, right? Yes, that was a. Uh, hey, I think people don't like these cards because even the rare ones weren't doing anything. Let's make something cool. I assumed it was political because you know people get all uptight about when you say left, right, and center these days. So you got to get rid of those from the cards, and that—that's what it was, right? Yeah, <laughs> I only get defensive about the defenseman. Well, and it's just like trying to figure out, okay, which which skew is going to get which stars. And like you, that's the political part is how come the tins got the left wingers and the, and the, uh, all the blasters got the defenseman, which nobody wanted. Right. Yeah. Everybody's wondered that. So this is an, yeah, op- I remember. Op- okay. everybody, everybody, it's just a different bright color. Yeah. So and, yeah, I actually like that though. I picked, I got uh, three of the four, uh, Patrick Kane Dazzlers. That came from me going to the Dark Phoenix premiere and Daz and the Dazzler characters in there. And then I was like looking for, you know, stuff to get signed. And then you see the old comic books and I'm just like, that's kind of a cool design. Like the, you know, the, and there's some, there's some uh, pattern foil boards that I've been wanting to use for a while. And that was one of them. I'm like, this would be perfect. I could pair this pattern foil board, which I've wanted to use for a while. With this cool looking design, make them really bright colors, and uh, that's that's how that card came together. Speaking of foil board, the ultimate victory that's going to be in extended is that on the harder, the thicker card stock? It's on foil board. Okay. What about the uh, the ovation ones? The ovation are the the thicker. We even we embossed it. We put the for the standing ovations. We put the full layer of foil over top of it with light oh, nice. up. With light effects in the back, like we did not cut corners when it came to building the set. You can see the UD three cards. It's die cut crazy. It's all it's that weird design, you know. That was the best part about UD three was yeah all the we, different die cut die cut design. We did not cut any corners. My my boss would not let me do it at all. And and you know it's one of those things. And like, well, this is what it is if we do this, and this is what it is if we do that. He goes, I don't care. We have to make it like it's supposed to be made. And I'm like done. That's good. Uh, SPX Finite, they're made like the SPX Finite with the uh, thicker card with the that uh, embossment in it uh, and everything. The little inlaid medallion things yep. that are in there? Okay, cool. Wow. Very nice. I'm really excited about this uh, series. Retail. Is it available retail also? Yes. Okay. Uh, most of the same distribution SKUs as, uh, as UD Series 1 and Series 2. There's blasters, there's uh, fat packs. There's retail. No tins for it. No but tins. Everything else. And what did you say the Easter eggs were again? <laughs> um, no? Nothing. Yeah. All right, fine. There, there's there's some uh, some huge Easter eggs. I'll tell the you. Easter that. eggs are there's actually an Easter egg inside of one of them. Yeah, right. was it Alan Ginter where they made? The yeah, egg. I was just gonna say the egg card that's selling for a bajillion dollars for no apparent reason. That's silly. I saw the Bitcoin one has gotten up to like 50 or 60 bucks now. I'm thinking, these are base cards. What is this? <laughs> hey, congratulations on creating a card with ink and paper that can sell for that much. I don't get it. It's the world we are in now. So we either got to embrace it or find something else to do, I guess. And I'm not about to find something else to do.
Thanks again to Billy Celio of Upper Deck for joining us on today's podcast. And until next time, thanks for listening and keep collecting. For more hockey goodness, follow us on Twitter at PuckJunk. Junk.